I feel like there's always a hesitation in, in, in groups or scenarios, whether it's a lot of people or even if it's just two couples of like, how do you make that transition and switch? And I can say of all these years, I don't think it's ever gone wrong to be forward with like, hey, I'm kind of feeling this. Is anyone else feeling this? Like if people say no, it's no big deal. Girls down deep, we're talking all things sex, non-monogamy, <laughs> muscles, we're talking about OG boards, pepperoni pizzas, and apple strudel. <laughs> what he said. <laughs> yeah, and all the crazy shit that happens in your mind in between all of those things. So we have Arnold Schwarzenegger with us here today. Uh, Hello. Didn't know he was going to be coming on the pod, Great aka AKAM, <laughs> and I am V, and I'm L. Welcome to another Schmorgasport episode. <laughs> <laughs> but we're really going to be focusing on how to turn it sexy with your longtime friends because we have found this to be an issue with us frequently. And we've also heard it from a lot of our friends that this is always an issue. So um, people are yeah. always kind of like, it's it's been a frequently asked question of us. And we're like, you know what? We can't do a podcast about that until we've like really thought about this some more and had some success stories. But it's an ongoing thing that we're working yeah. on. I think it's a challenge for everybody in the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And it's it's with long-term friends, but it's also with new couples you meet. It's how do you make that transition? And I think those challenges do become more difficult the closer you get just with friends and relationships and not from like an awkwardness of wanting to have sex or not sex with your friends or play with your friends, but just you have a different relationship. So you get to enjoy more spending a different quality of time with them. Mm -hmm. So new challenges. Yeah. And it's not always about sex. And so sex is kind of like a bonus. It's like a sex with friends kind of a situation that we're all in. And so while sex did bring us together initially, the relationships change over time and it could just, you know, roll into more. We tend to fall more in the friendship side of things. Which is also a catch 22 because V, I think I heard you say on a previous podcast, the closer you are with people and the more time you spend with people, the better that sex mm. can become, mm. you know? So mm. then it, uh, it actually becomes a thing of quality versus quantity, mm. you know? So maybe you're sacrificing a little bit of quantity because you want to spend more actual time with your friends, doing friendly things and those conversations, but then the quality of sex becomes better because you know each other, you know what that is actually a great fucking point. That was just an aha moment for me. Cause like, I'm thinking of the frustration that I have felt when no one's making a move and nothing's happening. Been there balanced (laughs) with, yeah. Balanced with the quality sex that I now have, like, wow, yum. Because when you get past that new relationship energy sex, like where everything is unknown, it is like, okay, like I know your body, like it's it's not as exciting, no offense, (laughs) but now it's it's just better. It's different. The quality is different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think this is where it's important for us to 
maintain that novelty with people that we've been playing with for so long and the friends that we have and those deeper friendship connections that we have is to be spontaneous and suggest new things together because there's a safety and a trust and and building that curiosity for let me put this vegetable in your pussy like you were saying earlier you know uh you need to keep dating each other agreed 100 percent So why don't we talk about some of the ways that our friend group has been able to turn the vibe sexy? For example, the orgy board. Orgy orgy board. board. So tell us about this, Em. All right. So we set up like one of those big, like those giant uh, notepads that go like on an easel. And then you write orgy board on it. And then you put lines and then people can, will just go up at any time. And you write like, if you're in an orgy, like what you're, what you're feeling, like what would be hot, what you would like in an orgy today, like different scenarios. And then people can go put their things up with their name next to it. And then throughout the day or time, people can see like, oh, cool. They want to do that. Or, oh, that would be hot. Or, like, 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 it's like almost like could... a fierce desires and boundaries, but it's a list of your desires. Desires. And maybe we put a column that could also be like boundaries or something like, I don't want this. or I But the main thing would be like the desires. So then people can go, there's no pressure to announce anything. You just kind of go write it up there and be like, oh, that's cool. M wants this. Can you give that us a, de- a specific example? I want to be uh, DVP'd. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. She wants to be DVP'd. I don't know. That's cool. We can like maybe work on that. And then you have like, you could see what people are feeling. And then it creates like the stimulation, the mental stimulation, but then also provides like activities and things to do in a group setting. Um, mm-hmm. And it also puts out people's desires and those things can change over time. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. maybe the next day you flip the page, you do something different. And then in like 50 years, you go back and you're like, look at how our desires have changed. <laughs> it's like a flip book. That's a cool. flip book of kings. Um, oh my God. That's really funny. Yeah. An orgy board. Yeah. It's essentially like what we do with fears, desires, boundaries, or a fuck it list. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's like a group sourced thing and it's there visually. So I I really like that. And you know, I love I activities love and games. So <laughs> I think there should be no, no prep. It's not like everyone needs to sit down and go write something, right? Yeah. You just put it up there and then it's maybe just it's there like, like over that. the weekend. Orgy, 3 p.m. And then people just start writing their stuff. And then throughout that time, people can see like, oh, cool. Oh, look yeah. at that. That's a good one. Yeah. Mm. It's almost like Burning Man where like you have the list of the schedule. It's like, okay, 3 p.m. every day, it's going to be orgy time. So anyone who wants to join (laughs) can join in and, ooh, I can look at the list and see, oh, oh my God, I want to, you know, do a strap on today too. So Elle, let me come find you and tell you that that's my desire too. (laughs) I love How can we make this happen? All right. We're bringing the orgy board. And that's our responsibility. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you board it is. And I like, I really, really like um, the way that you did that ex- little kind of exercise where you had everybody close their eyes and you said, who's feeling sexy? And everybody put their hand up who volunteered. And it was like, okay, there's nine people here. Five people put their hand up, you know? And so three put, you- three put their hands middle up and shook it in the middle. <laughs> yeah. I did a count. And then we got kind of catch a vibe. And then no one's like put on the spot. Yeah. Correct. 
And I think the people who put their hand up and do a half in the middle, you should still go up there and just like observe and then just watch. And then that might just be what you need to shift you into the full hand up in the air. So I'll call myself out there. Like when, when we did this, I was a wiggly hand and cause, (laughs) cause basically like I was enjoying where we were at. We were all conversating and I didn't see how it was naturally going to flow into sexy time, you know? So I needed someone else to kind of like start that train. So when those five people went upstairs, got all their toys and dildos and lubes and whatever, went upstairs, I started hearing the noises and I was like, I'm going to go watch and just like, you know, basically like you're watching live porn and let it start to turn me on. And I forget if I even ended up like playing, but I feel like there's always a hesitation in, in in groups or scenarios, whether it's a lot of people or even if it's just two couples of like, how do you make that transition and switch? And I can say of all these years, I don't think it's ever gone wrong mm-hmm. to be forward with like, hey, I'm kind of feeling this. Is anyone else feeling this? Like if people say no, that's no big deal. But somehow like in our head, we, it's almost like, um, it's kind of like, for a guy like approaching another girl and being mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, trying to like break the ice and like you have this fear of being turned down. Yeah, fear almost. of rejection. This fear yeah. of rejection. And I think we just need to get over that in a group and just say like, hey, I'm kind of feeling this. And is anyone else feeling this? Anyone want to like peel away? Or I think that's okay. Like there's nothing wrong with that. But in the back of our minds, we think that there's something wrong if we get turned down by saying mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Why is it so different when we're in a group with multiple people than it is like when I go on solo dates? It happens so much more organically. Like you have the drink and then it's like, hey, want to come upstairs? And like you just more naturally flow into sexual time. Why is it different have, in a group? You only have to read one, one person's person. vibe. Yeah, so sex it out. And when you're in a group, say. yeah, you're like, a, you know, I don't want to push something if they're not feeling it or are they not feeling it. I don't know how that person feels. I don't want to make that person uncomfortable. There's there's so many energies in the room that there's a vibe happening. And if it doesn't feel super sexy, like, and you're the one that's feeling sexy, how do you – I sometimes feel when I'm feeling sexy, but the whole room is not, or I'm getting that. It's more playful. It's fun. It's giddy. They're joking. And conversation is flowing really nicely. To go shift that is uncomfortable because I can feel where the majority's at. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. So I get mm-hmm. it. Like if you're with one person way easier than with you're with a group of people, because everybody's on a different vibe, which is where I love the games, right? Like how do you unify people around playful, sexy activity to switch gears so that we're all on that sexy energy vibe now? And I think it's also a good that. idea to suggest changing spaces. So, Hey, I'm kind of feeling like sexy. If anyone wants to join, like anyone want to join me? over there in that room or upstairs or wherever, would anyone be kind of like feeling that? And then maybe some, then it gives the opportunity for people just to stay or go or move, but it doesn't force people in that one spot. Mm-hmm. I like the you know, changing but, scenery idea for sure. But that idea of like all those different um, energies happening and like trying to mesh with that, I, that is like a real unspoken thing that people can feel. There's a lot of, especially when there's a big group, People are talking about different things. People are doing whatever. They're feeling different. There is a clash of energy that I think people can pick up on. And in those rare instances, I'm going to go back to um, uh, the first Freaksgiving we had. 
the energies just lined up and the entire party all ended up at an orgy at the same time. And so that was 20, like 22 people in the same room fucking super hot. Everyone was in the same headspace and <laughs> it's like being at a concert that you really love that everyone goes to and everyone's focused in on that music and that song. Mm. And you have all these people that are in the exact same spot and headspace and the same focus. And it's like a magical energy. If anyone's ever experienced that, you could have that at an orgy, but it's, it's tough to get to. I was also thinking of like trips with friends, right? It's like, it's hard to get everyone on the same page. Like who wants to go to the museum today? Who wants to just go like bar hop today? And you just have to have the conversation of like, Hey, here's what's on the table. Who wants to do this? Who wants to do this? And like, just let people do what feels right for them. And I'm also thinking of it in the group context. So if it is easier to read just one person's energy, let's say um, I'm feeling your vibe, like we're we're in a conversation and like it just feels natural to flow into sexy time, but we don't necessarily need it to be just us two. I think sometimes when you are vibing with someone and it does naturally lead into sexy time, we make an assumption as the group. If we see two people going off into the other room, it's like, oh, they want privacy. They want private time. So maybe making sure that we like make an announcement and say, hey guys, we're going to go into the other room. The door is open. Please join us if everybody wants to come. So I wonder if we should make that like a statement doors open. Anyone welcome to come in doors closed. It means private time, but also letting people know that you're, you are going, you know, like sometimes there's a lot of times at parties like, Oh, where did the person go? Yeah. Oh, you know what? Oh, uh, L's missing. The carpenter's the builder. They're probably together. (laughs) The builder, they're probably together. You make these assumptions, but if you're open to other people joining, it's also good just to let, at least a couple of people know if you're around there and then they can kind of spread the word. And then, yeah, if you're like, wait, I haven't seen Ellen a while. Wait, and the builder's missing. Huh? I wonder if they're having sex somewhere and the door is open. Let's go. (laughs) It's like a scavenger hunt through the house. Okay, I'm going to (laughs) join. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) But another aspect to that I'd like your input on. Okay, so Ellen the builder have left the door open. I don't know when they left. So I go up and find them and they are getting to the end of their session, but I'm just starting. How do you insert yourself, number one? Number two, how do Ellen the Builder tell me, uh, I uh, we're like really at the end of this, like thanks for joining, but can't do anymore. Mm. Let me ask you a question. You said you go in there and you find that they're getting close to the end of their session. Mm-hmm. So I would assume that there'd be something happening, some sort of vibe where you kind of see that they're like really dialed in, locked in, or getting close to the end. Mm. You don't have to in- really insert yourself. You can just take a peek and make a judgment call. Or if well, you're with a partner, you could still bring your partner and start playing and see how it goes. Yeah. You know? I think that in that situation, obviously – and this is like etiquette anywhere. If you're inserting yourself into another situation, you ask questions. Hey, this is really hot. I'd like to join in. Is it okay if I join in? Or are you guys almost done? I could just watch. And it's just- But if they're vibing, 
You don't want to yeah. like ask questions to stop them. No, like no, I've no. seen you, I'm thinking of you and the magician in Hito <laughs> and he was fucking you so good on the side of the bed and we were all watching and I didn't necessarily want to join in, but if I had walked in and wanted to, I wouldn't have wanted to say anything to you, like to take you out of it. Cause I could tell you were getting closer to an orgasm and like, I don't know. What are your thoughts? You don't you don't have to use as many words as Elle just did, though. <laughs> you could very easily just slide in and be like, like, this is really hot. Could I slide in or would you just like me to watch? Yeah. It, just watch. Freaking <laughs> easy. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know Elle will, like, just watch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that what I sound like? No, not at all. Not at all. More like, Ugh. no, I can't even do your sound. <laughs> yeah. You're unique. Uh, yeah, I think that it, as the inserter, just ask, hey, you know, like he, like I'm just, can I come in? Or You just need a few words. You don't need a big explanation. Yeah, exactly. And it's almost like just a hazard of the group sex and more public sex, let's say, like op- door, open door policy sex that you might be taken out of it for a split second. So just knowing that that's a possibility. And so then that kind of like lessens the pressure on the person who's coming in. Like, ooh, am I going to take them out of it? It's like, listen, you left the door open. So there there is that hazard. Exactly. Well, it's not even a hazard. Or possibility. It's the door open intentionally. Like the door open policy, I think. That's a risk I'm willing to take. Yeah. Like I'm opening my door because I want people to come in, you know. And I think if it's still open – that that's, of course, an open policy for you to come in, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think it's always accepted if you were to insert at any time when my door is open. But like anything, you just use your best judgment too. Like, mm. Yeah, you, use your you best can, judgment. You can tell if someone's like yeah. like getting close to maybe orgasming, finishing. Or, I don't know. You, you can tell. Can you not? No. No, I can't. I don't know when people are close to coming. I know when it's hot and it's heavy and it's in, and they're into it and all that, but like – I've been in those situations where I thought guys were going to come and they didn't, you know, but it's just substances are in the way. And Well, that's what I was going to say. Substances too impede your ability to really read a situation sometimes and you can get in your head more. So I'm thinking if I went in sober to a room where the door is open, I would be able to navigate that situation way more eloquently than if I'm glonky. It's like, yeah, but this just goes back to the mantra that I try to practice is, and I'm still trying it, is just ask the question. If you're inserting yourself, whatever it is, whatever's on your mind, get out of your head. Just ask the question and move on. Yeah. Easier said than done. Easier, trust me, easier said than done. I was just in a situation and I did not ask the question. <laughs> yeah. So it's a tool that we have to just work and it'll become more secondhand the more we work on it. What I like to think about too, is if I'm in a situation, if I'm thinking about doing something and I'm thinking about asking whatever question I'm going to ask, I do put myself in the opposite situation and be like, if I was in that situation and someone asked me, is this, how would I feel if someone came and talked to me or interrupted me or asked me, which maybe isn't really good because like, I don't really get bothered by that kind of stuff. Mm. So I'm always like, no, it's okay. But if you're like, well, I wouldn't want to be, I wouldn't want to be interrupted right now. Then I don't know. You just kind of use that as a guide too. There's different tools you can use, but if everything's a judgment call. 
you never know what someone thinks or how they feel until you ask a question or get in that setting. And that's the thing, like as the asker of the question, you can't take it personal, the response. You need to be open to either the yes or either the no. And you can't take the no personal. It just, it is like that. It That's it. Move on. You're done. Like you don't have to sulk or, or think about that more than that. I used to say when I was little, my family likes to tell this story. Somehow in my like seven-year-old mind, I used to say like, it never hurts to ask. And it's like a mantra in our family because the worst they can say is no. And Mm -hmm. just like, yeah, leaving it up to them. Don't take it personally, the answer. Um, You had a conversation with me at Bacon Fest about the way that you know, the internet is contributing to this culture of, how did you put it? Emotionally weak people. It sounds familiar. (laughs) Sounds about right. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm triggered. Like the, the words like triggers and boundaries and everything are like being thrown around more than perhaps they have to. And so, yeah, like if you're, if you're triggered by someone's answer to your question, that's on you kind of like, don't be emotionally weak. (laughs) Am I being too harsh? (laughs) No, it's very, it's very like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Don't be emotionally weak. You pussy. (laughs) (laughs) You don't like the answer. Get the hell out of here. We are a bunch of emotionally weak people. That is what is being trained today. Well, that's what society is being trained. Yeah. I feel like that's what society is teaching people is that other people are responsible for how you feel instead of you are responsible for how you feel. So if someone else makes you feel bad, it is on them and they should change what they're doing. You should go talk to them and tell them how they need to change their actions to make you feel better. Poor. It's very poor. Who's going to live a happy life if they're going to be triggered by everyone else? Mm-hmm. Who the fuck cares? Yeah. Take care of your side of the street. Yeah, Take change, care of your change, side. Do of the your own work to others. Mow your fucking yeah. lawn. <laughs> <laughs> and if your lawn is overgrown, it's not because someone else didn't mow it. It's because you didn't mow your emotional lawn. <laughs> <laughs> to go back to that, though, I do feel like, in general, in the lifestyles, we've met a lot of people, and the people that we're closest to, I don't think we have a lot of these emotionally weak people like we are emotionally strong and self-aware and people do get triggered in moments and like you can have judgments and reactions, but in the long term, there's a little bit of self-reflection and understanding and we don't have that blame game Mm -hmm. that you see with, I don't know that I see, I'll say generally in society, I'm not going to even go into like a vanilla or whatever, or not nothing with relationships are sexual, but yeah. Um, I think that it, that is a benefit of like these non-monogamous relationships is kind of like uh, it creates a lot of sympathy and understanding for other people and, uh, and your partners. And it just makes you realize that people have different lenses and perspectives. We see through see things through different windows and and it makes us less emotionally weak. Yeah. Because we don't have that blame game. So it's good. I like yeah. it. I would agree with you. I think that being in this lifestyle has led to a lot of emotional intelligence, but like you said, the self-reflection is the most important and it leads it leads to understanding that you can only control your own reactions to things and you cannot control other people. And that is a huge part of being in this type of lifestyle is understanding that 
you need to know where you are and what you like and what you don't like, and then finding a negotiation with your partner and, and working through those issues. But yeah. And speaking of working through like any of these ideas that we have of changing into sexy time is a work in progress because we're working through this challenge as well. And another thing that I was thinking of, which we've mentioned on a past episode is day orgies. What has been really helpful for me solving the problem of when it's late night, I'm like, oh, I do want to play, but I'm so tired or I'm a little fucked up right now or whatever, or I'm just having a fucking fun time and I don't want to stop. Kind of like, quote unquote, get the sex out of the way during the day. And that has been really fucking helpful for me. When I was just in Indianapolis, like, I don't think I had sex at night. I only had day sex, except for the very last night when the flight was canceled. But that was on the heels of a day orgy. So, like, it was a very sexy time already. And so, I think that's really helpful before anyone has their judgment or their ability to communicate well clouded, you know, do an afternoon delight and a lot of these problems are eliminated. (laughs) Yeah. And I also think that your Indianapolis experience too is different because you had new people there and lots of new people that brought new energy. And Mm -hmm. I think to kind of quote like Esther Perel, like she talks about some of the things that lead to desire. And one of those things is the new, the curious, um, keeping you excited. And that you were in a new and curious, exciting energy too, which facilitates that desire and that sexy time. Where would that make, what makes that different from our joy family friend group is that there's a lot of familiarity. There's a Mm. lot of um, repetitive behaviors and just the known is there Mm. that the that curiosity and desire is not not as prevalent. Well, then I love that reference. And to take that one step further, another thing that she says that creates desire is, what does she say? Otherness or, you know, seeing your partner through new eyes, yes. um, seeing them in their element. So like maybe mixing it up almost like with your own partner, with your primary partner, you can't just do the same thing or you will get into a rut. You have to like go out on a date, try that new thing, go see the movie, go to a show. Maybe we need to do that with the Joy family and like shake it up, go to a new kind of thing that Mm -hmm. brings out something new in all of us and we see each other through a different light. And Yeah. Maybe just like, cause you said like the repetitive behavior. I agree with you. I think that like really zaps desire. Yeah. She, she talks, she talks about what you're talking about is the surprise aspect. And she Mm. says that the surprise of it, the novelty is what boosts testosterone because the testosterone is a very focused and driven energy. It's like, whoa, what is this? I'm curious about this. I want to learn more about it. And that's where say you see as an example of that would be seeing your partner shine in their element. So like for me, I love when I see him play music and when I see him sing and even more when I see him perform and whether he's performing 
uh, magic, magic, which he used to do, yeah, <laughs> or where he's doing some kind of theater and imitating voices, it I just like melt. I'm like, oh wow, I love seeing him in his element because that is a level of I don't know surprise and just it's fun. So <clears throat> that's I think you're right on that where we're it's it's the surprise aspect, it's the novelty that we need, and I agree we need to do different activities together now where we can shine in different lights. Mm-hmm. It makes a lot of sense too because in the beginning. That new curiosity, even in relationships, right? They're, when it's new, it's very like physically focused in the beginning, right? You're exploring that like sexual aspect. And over time, that starts to shift. And then you start exploring deeper with people and you get into their heads and their minds and their emotions and who they are deep inside. And after that physical phase wears off, that's a lot of times once you really start to get to know people inside that's when a lot of relationships start to like break apart and split and then it spreads. And that's, I think where we are as a group of friends who hang out very often together is all the newness on the sexual side has kind of like, we've gone through that phase, not that it's gone, but we've explored that and that newness and excitement. And we do have a lot of fun just being together and like learning about each other and exploring each other from an emotional and personal standpoint, we spend a lot of time doing that. So we have to like find ways and remind ourselves to get back to that sexual stuff because there isn't the newness and exploration part and all of Mm. that. So it it seems to track what you said very well, even in a group setting, you know, from a one-on-one relationship, but even in a group of friends that all fuck each other as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I never Mm -hmm. thought of it like this. And this is like an aha moment for me because we all need to date each other in the words of who was it? Jessica Beale and Justin Timberlake. We need yes. to continue to date each other. Yeah. Just and like come we up with continue to date our primary partners. And come up with new creative ways sexually to keep it new and exciting, you know? Mm-hmm. Come pee on me. <laughs> <laughs> come put this vegetable in my vagina. Oh my God. <laughs> To kind of play off this like newness and fucking as I'm thinking about all this now, sometimes when I meet people in on vacations or group settings mm. or maybe events, I don't necessarily talk to them on a day-to-day basis or frequently week to week until I know I'm going to see them again because I almost like the mysteriousness. I, I like that I don't know that much about them and that when we do chat, it's few and far between. Sometimes it's sexy, sometimes it's not, but that makes me more excited to see them in person the next time the event occurs. So like every year at Hito, like there's there's a, there's a group of people that I only ever see at Hito and, and, and I get excited. I'm like, oh, wow, I haven't. I haven't seen them in so long. I don't really talk to them maybe here or there throughout the year. We've said hello on Instagram or little comments like that, but I I like the mysteriousness of it. And it keeps me, it keeps my desire up for, for that person that sometimes I don't want to know too much. I don't want to know about your day to day. I don't want to know your hard emotional stuff that's going on in your life. I still care who you are. Like, don't get me wrong. It's not that I don't want to talk to you about those things, but I just don't, I may not want that all the time. Mm-hmm. For your sexual connection, friends. Yeah, even, yeah, yeah. For to keep my desire up. Yeah. I think like like I have my emotional connection with my best friends and you know the Joy family. And then, you know, you male and my male partner that I'm satisfied with that. That in, in any other relationship I have right now, I don't I sometimes I don't want to go that deep. I just want it to be 
what it is, just a friend. We shoot the shit, we have sex and that's it. Mm -hmm. I think that's cool. It's good to have those relationships. I would not trade my personal close relationships that I've made with our group of friends for just the sexual connection. Yeah, I agree. I would never trade that in a billion years. No, that seems... I would trade opposite. (laughs) If you're like, would you rather just be friends with this person forever or just have a sexual connection forever? I would rather be friends. I love my friends so much. Yeah. yeah. My family. (laughs) Your family. And my family. (laughs) We have a really weird... I get to fuck my family. It's fucking weird. (laughs) (laughs) When when we're all vibing. (laughs) When we're vibing. Uh, When... (laughs) Um, I have to pee so bad. I've been dancing. Me too. I've been okay. I've been swiveling cool. in my chair like okay. this. Yeah, you, have I don't you know seen if you noticed. I've just been like dancing. Like, I'm like touching just, my face. I'm like, I really got to pee, but this conversation is really good. Well, right. the last thing I just want to say about this is that I think that we should invite more new people. <laughs> yeah. And that was the verdict after Indy was we need new blood. Like we just, new it changes blood. the dynamic. It shifts things a little bit. It brings out new things in each of us, even though there is a lot of familiarity there, that that also makes it a little bit more exciting, you know? Okay. Bye. Got it. Okay. okay bye. Right back. Okay. We're back from our pee break. <laughs> so a little bit, deep from my perspective here. One thing that that does occur and knowing that I have a group of friends that we will see, we'll continue to see, I know that opportunities will, they'll come and go, but they'll always be there in the future. So like one thing in particular that kind of like sits on the back of my head, V, we've talked about DPing and I really want to DP you so bad. And we've had like like uh, we've been together and then apart and maybe those opportunities have come and then gone. And that's happened like enough times where in my head, I'm like, oh man, I hope she doesn't think like, I don't want this to happen because it just hasn't happened before. Or like when we did have, a, I think a really good opportunity in Jamaica, it was like late. And like, I, I just wasn't, I wasn't there. I wasn't in that space or I couldn't perform or whatever. But then I know that those opportunities will still come up in the future, but then it also provides those opportunities to get in your head and think about that because I'm like, I know I'm going to see you again, Mm. you know? So. And do you mean get in your head and think about that in the way of like planting a seed and it grows and it's sexy or like getting in your head, like putting too much pressure on it and, or both. (laughs) Definitely both. Yeah. It's Mm. something that I'm so excited about. And then there was, I feel I feel like there might have been like two opportunities in Jamaica and maybe it was the same and I was in my head about two different things on one one part of it I was like oh my god like this could really happen and there was such this build up and expectation that it kind of just shut me down a little bit yeah you know yeah. um but it was also like at the end of a very long week mm-hmm. and the next day I had like flu and strep throat and like all this other sickness that <laughs> yeah. knocked me out for two weeks. So like it could yeah. have been that that was also knocking like, Preliminary the back of my brain. Yeah. Um, but those are things that can like eke their way into more of those like friendship relationships that also include play, you know? Um, I don't know exactly where I was going with that. Maybe I just needed to get that off my chest and no, uh, go I- deep with me. 
So number one, uh, thank you. I do love words of affirmation, but it was never a question whether you wanted to DP me. I, I know that you still do and it will happen when it's meant to happen. And I'll also put out there that like, I still have a level of, um, what's the word? Not skepticism, but like anxiety about it because I'm not like super into anal. And so I'm, I'm a little bit you know what I mean. So like every time it hasn't happened, there probably is a part of my brain that I'm like, oh, thank God. <laughs> Maybe it's for the yeah. best. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it was for the best. Yeah. Right, right. But yeah, I do. What you're saying is there's always going to be another opportunity. And I agree with that. And like keeping that in mind whenever that frustration is there of like, God, it's not happening. You know, it's like, there will be another time. Or like if you truly are not in the mood for something, that's okay too. And sometimes you push yourself to do something even when you're not at your best because you think with the mentality of lack, like, oh, this is the only opportunity we're going to have to do this. It's not. Like I think we've all said in a past episode, like that's one of our big takeaways from this lifestyle and like this learning moment that we've had to relearn over and over we will get this opportunity again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can yeah. go to sleep. It's okay. Because <laughs> guess what? You're not going to fuck really good right now. So they they wouldn't be very impressed anyway. Give them your A game another time. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. Okay. So Elle, didn't you say that you had something else that you wanted to talk about? Um, in group sex, sometimes you get tied up with the same person for maybe longer periods of time. And sometimes maybe one of them disengages, but you're kind of like not sure how to navigate out of that and maneuver into a new section. That was not my Q&A, L. Wait, what? That's one of my Q&As. So while I was thinking about Q&As for like a future podcast, I want to interview you guys. Oh, I fucking love that. <laughs> anyway, one of my questions was, I'll let you think about this for the future. If you're in a group play situation, have you ever felt like you are playing with one person for too long and you want to go move to another person? How do you disconnect? I say I have person? to pee and then I come back and hopefully they're with someone else now. Yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. And then I, my response was I, with the person that I'm with, I'll say, I'll propose a new position and I'll say, Hey, why don't you come with me and let's go, you lick her pussy and then I'm going to go, you know, grab his ass or something like that, you know, so to insert ourselves together into a new location or a new spot. And I'll like stop and watch with them too. Like, you know, we'll be like, oh, what's going on over there? And just kind of like naturally like play stops. And yeah, I like all of these ideas. Have you ever been in the same situation, but in reverse in your own head? I know this happens to me. If I'm playing with someone and I'm like, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I've been with this person for a long time. Do they want to be with someone else? Are they, am I holding them up? And then I get in my own head about that. 100%. I get that often. But we need to trust each other to to get ourselves out of situations that we don't want to be in, like as adults. 
So you wait. You just said you're like, uh, I don't really just say, I just, I'm like, I got to go pee. And you find a way out. You're like, so, all right, so I'll just wait till person, this person has to take a leave. So you just yes. abandon your dude and be like, peace, I'm coming back later. <laughs> no, they, they should say that to me. They should be as emotionally mature as me and passively get out of the situation. <laughs> yeah. Saying that they have to pee. <laughs> here's an example of we always talk about just be honest, just say how you feel. Maybe this one, not so much. Uh, hey, I'm kind of getting sick of fucking you. I want to go with someone else. Could you want to just switch now? You want to just get off me? <laughs> this isn't doing it for me. Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah, never going to yeah. get me there. <laughs> Moving I like on. you, but I'm kind of getting bored. <laughs> Remember I asked you if other women grind on your face when- Yes. Can I clarify there? I listened to your podcast and I was like, son of a bitch. Oh, I said it wrong. <laughs> That's okay. not true. That's <laughs> <laughs> not not all of them some of them just lay there some of them just lay there but some I used of them to grind. just lay there I think that the grinding started when I got more in touch with myself and more in touch with my sexuality yeah 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 that's another thing I I, I also wanted to comment on on that podcast was the face sitting thing so Hearing you two talk about having someone sit on your face and then sit on someone's face, my idea of it is actually different because I love it. I love it. But it's not just to do the same thing in a different position. <sighs> For me, if I'm like, and usually I think I say these words, I want you to ride my face. It isn't something active that the sitter has to do. So you don't just sit there and then I'm supposed to do all the same work. Like you were like, oh, I, I, I can't bring my A game in that position. I'm like, well, it's, for me, it's not the same game I'm trying to bring. I want to sit there and have you just use fuck my face your with face. your pussy. Yes. Like use- Grind on me, pull yeah. my, grab my back of my head and pull me into your pussy and just, it's active. Mm. So sometimes I will get a, a girl will sit on my face and I'm like, like, I have to like tell her like, go ahead, like move, grind. Like it's an active thing. Like it's not just a different position where you just kneel there and I'm supposed to do everything. Otherwise just lay down. Then I'll go do all. Okay. So I hear all of that and I completely agree, but I will say it's yes, grind all over my face, but I also want to be an active participant too. And like, I'm not saying I lay there like a dead fish. (laughs) (laughs) But like, so as a female vulva owner, like I know that I do get off even when I'm using you and moving how I want to move. I need fingers too. And so I think that's where the Mm -hmm. finger thing came in because like no one can ever really get the right position when I'm – so like it's hard for me to come on top of your face, although it feels really fucking good. I need both stimulation. And so like as the giver, I can't give the right stimulation inside. But at the same time, like it's not always the, I mean, every position's not always like, I'm going to make you come in this position. It's more about the enjoyment of the position and the Disagree. Fun. I need yeah. to come every single time. <laughs> in every position. Yeah. <laughs> Can you reduce my leg angle from 80 degrees to 74? That's right. <laughs> oh my God. All right. So I think we've covered what we can from like how to turn things sexy in your friend group. If anybody has 
more suggestions, please share them with us. We would love suggestions. Yeah, absolutely. Help us help you. <laughs> yep. So email us at girlsgonedeep at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram at Girls Gone Deep Podcast. And as we talked about switching to the sexy time, use a game, use some kind of activity that brings everybody together under the same energy where you could use a game like Horrible Life, which is a game of have you ever all things sex and kink. You can play it in uh, a strip way. Like if you've done it, you have to strip. Um, That's a, a great way to kind of flow things into the sexy vibe. So get your hands on your first deck with code gone deep to get 10% off. So thanks for tuning in. I'm Elle. And I'm V. And thank you to our, yeah, thank you to our guest, M. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll catch you on the next episode. (laughs) Bye.